0: This is The Marty Ray Project, Chats, and I'm Marty Ray, one of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, or a rap song turned acoustic cover. If you're a real project, or maybe one of my three original albums as well. Regardless of how you know me now, my whole career actually started with a podcast years ago, before everybody had one and back when podcasts got no respect at all. The times have changed a little, and this is me coming back to my roots in a way, and this time... I'm bringing some friends along with me. Like my co-host Jim Best, Country Music Hall of Fame steel guitar player and producer. He's a one. Played on a bunch of legendary country music songs that you probably know, probably heard them. If you don't know either of us, thanks for tuning in anyway. I bet you'll love it. Welcome to the project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Rodecaster Pro. Thank you so much, Rode. We love you. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Let's chat. What do you
1: think about that intro? That was wonderful, especially the second part. You talking about
0: where I talked about Jim Vest?
1: Oh, yeah, it was good, yeah.
0: Boy, he sure is a special man. I love him.
1: I just look around you.
0: Thank you for allowing us to take over your office and, and saying you're going to be on this podcast with us. It, it really does mean the world to me. I want you to know that.
1: Well, this is my first podcast, and I'm, I'm anxious to learn and see what... Uh, What it's all about.
0: Well, that ain't your first radio show.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. It's not my first rodeo either.
0: Well, I like to introduce the guests right off the bat, so I'm going to introduce you. Even though you don't need an introduction, okay? Jim Vest is the guest and co-host today for the inaugural episode of the inaugural season. right. I guess we're both guests for the first one, but the man that sits beside me today honors me in that he is an absolute legend in country music with hits like Slide Off Your Satin Sheets by Johnny Paycheck and Set em Up Joe by Vern Gosden, under his belt. And that's a big old belt. He's my buddy, and I love him so much, and I'm happy to have him on the show with me.
1: My pleasure to How was be that? here, buddy. I, that sounds great.
0: How was that intro?
1: It was wonderful.
0: Did that do you justice?
1: Well, yes.
0: Did I leave off anything?
1: About 2 or 3 days worth, but we'll get around I
0: to know, it. I know. Well, that's what the interviews for. We want to start <laughs> off every episode with every guest answering a fast five. Fast five questions. You give me fast five answers. Okay. Okay? Yeah. You ready? Get close up mic now. You oh, can't I'm leave back. I'm ready. You ready?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Favorite vacation spot. Uh,
1: Florida. Who play who would play
0: you in a movie about you alive or dead? Probably you. I would. Yeah, you'd have That'd to be shave great. some
1: of them whiskers, but you'd do good. That
0: gum, I'd have to learn how to play the steel or something, or we'd get somebody else's hands on it. <laughs> Your favorite snack food? A bologna. Bologna?
1: Mm-hmm. Now, what, that was a shock. Well, see, you know, back in 06, I lost 160 pounds. And, and it was all out, bologna. Well, I found out that if I kept turkey and bologna and meat, boiled eggs, and a few vegetables— To snack on and like five sacks, six snacks a day, uh, I lost 160 pounds. So, you know, I never did get tired of bologna, and I did get tired of turkey after a while. I cooked a turkey every week.
0: Okay, right on. Well, I'll have to get out the bologna and make me an old bologna and cheese microwave sandwich like I used to do when I was a kid.
1: Well, I eat most of it without bread.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cats, dogs, or other.
1: Uh, dogs.
0: I think I knew that already. We got Bentley in the house today watching us. He was, he was watching you to see if he was going to say dogs.
1: Allergic to cats.
0: Now last, fi- last of the fast five, what is your best advice that you would give to everybody at any time that you've given in the past, or maybe you haven't given. If you're going to be in the music business, you need to move to Nashville, especially country music. I like it. Well, I don't know about that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but it does help. It does help.
1: You can't you can't be here to work if you're not here.
0: That's true. If you if you if you're going about it that way, sure.
1: Well, if you're gonna do sessions the way I did or play one of the better clubs or are the best clubs in town, you have to be here. To learn, you have to be here. This is a college. That's true. And it's not just country music. It used to be pretty well country, but not no more.
0: Yeah. If you wanna if you want to uh learn to be a session musician, you definitely have to be here. Unless you're being a session musician on something other than country music, right. then you can be in L.A. or New York or something. But
1: well, nowadays we have so many players that have come here from L.A. and New York, and uh, that's.
0: I will tell you though that nowadays people are doing like these high-profile players. They are uh, doing the recording at their house and sending it to people.
1: Well, you know, I use the very best in town when I when I work. I have a band leader by the name of Buddy Hyatt that is a great musician and a great writer and a great studio. Uh, around. He built a studio here three doors from me so I wouldn't have to go to town. And uh, Buddy puts together the absolute top players for me to work with whenever I work or whenever he works. But yeah. you can ask him to do country or you can turn around and say, let's do the, the Eagles, and they've got it.
0: I like Buddy a lot. Yeah. I like him a lot. He's definitely a phenomenal... Phenomenally talented man in everything that he does.
1: We'll try to get him on the show.
0: We ain't going to try. We're going to get him on here. We'll get him on. He played with Toto, just to, just yes, to yes. name a, just to name drop some of the things he's done. Now, I want to ask you, you being the first guest, kind of we're both the first guest, uh, I thought it would only be fitting that we start the the whole season off, the, the whole show off. We might be going for 10 years. You know what I mean?
1: I hope so. I'd like huh? to be around that long.
0: I'll definitely be going for 10 years. You know what I mean. I'm
1: gonna try to be with you, but
0: it's the it's the blessing that you're gonna be, be. Get close to that mic now. Yeah, you gotta make love to it a little bit. Um, but I wanted to start it off with us because you might want to make it come up just a little bit. Maybe can you tighten that up? Are you, you got any strength in you? There you go, yeah, buddy. Um, I wanted to start off with us because our conversations that we've had in the past, we should people should have a glimpse into them. You know what I mean? Right. So the glimpse, like I just want to just touch as much as I can within the, the time allotted because we don't want to make these too long. We want people to be able to listen to these on their drive home and or on their drive to work and things like that, you know. So, but briefly, how many songs, other than the ones we just, you know, we can see behind us here, all the records that you've, you, the golds and the platinums and whatever, someday I'll have me one up on this wall. Someday you'll have a whole wall full. Man, I so, I like that. See, you Only know, way to think, buddy. Let me say one thing real quick to to tell everybody that's listening. Um, Jim Vest, before I had anybody, I say this a lot. Before I had anybody that supported me in music, uh, before I had any fans, you were one of the first ones that actually, whether you whether you like my music or not, you at least faked it well enough to give me encouragement. You see what I'm saying? You, when I, I came to Nashville, just on a whim. And I said, you know, I'm going to call this guy's number. I, had this, I got your number from Gene Bush. Remember him?
1: Gino Bush. Geno
0: Bush, yeah. yeah. Got, his, got your number from him. I was uh, towing cars, and then he gave me your number. And he said, if you're ever in Nashville, you should call this, this guy, Jim Vest. I had no clue who you were. I didn't, to be honest with you. But he said you was a legend. So I said, okay, then I need to talk to him. And so I came to Nashville and on a whim, I just called you up. You answered the phone, and I said, hey, I'd like to take you out to eat sometime. You said, well, come on over. And I was like, hey, he's he's going to let me come over to his house. He don't even know me. That's pretty special of a man to do that, to trust, to have that kind of trust in people still in this day and age. And I came over. I played you some songs. You said, you got a nice little raspy voice there. I like that. And then you just—you know you just encouraged me without tearing me down, even if you didn't like the – the music and that's something that you're good at. You're good at encouraging people to do better. To not just not just saying not just saying, "Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, that's great." because you don't want to hurt their feelings, but and you don't want to hurt their feelings, but you're good at encouraging them in a way that makes them want to go and do better and do more.
1: You never know who you're encouraging just might be that next number one big star. It's exactly what you're looking at right now. You know what I'm saying? That's that's especially you. Anyway, so how
0: many songs have you
1: been involved
0: in that
1: have charted? Oh, Lord. Well, you know, when Johnny Paycheck started doing his biggest stuff, we started in 77. I did three albums with him, which encompassed Take This Job and Shove It, Outlaw Prayer, and uh, just song after song, slide off your satin sheets, only hell my mama ever raised, two albums with George Jones, uh, three with uh, Vern Godson, all his biggest hits, Lori Morgan, her biggest hit, uh, uh, What Part of No Don't You Understand, Uh, two two pop albums with uh, Bobby Vinton, and uh, of course number ones out of my publishing company, I give Tracy Lawrence his first record, and which that's which, that's over here behind that's you. That's on sticks, the wall somewhere, yeah. Sticks and Stones, yeah. And then I had another number one with him the next year, Can't Break It to My Heart. Got it through my head, but I can't break it to my heart.
0: What a good song. Amen. I and grew up on uh, Tracy Lawrence and people like that.
1: God bless Tracy. He, uh, I think he cut that back in 1990 or 91. And we're still getting money to this day in 2020.
0: You got a check the other day that wasn't too bad for that, didn't you? Oh,
1: sir. It was a nice little check. Thank you, Trace. <laughs> Thank you, Trace Atkins. Yeah, I, uh, Trace Atkins. Uh, no,
0: Trace. Tracy Lawrence. Yeah. Maybe we'll get him on the show someday.
1: There's a good possibility, you know. Uh I went to see him. A friend of mine uh begged come on, me come on to, to uh um, make love that mic. Go with us down. I don't know if it was a wild horse or where, but I didn't know at that time, but he said he had bought uh, uh meet and greet tickets. You know, that's something new for me. I'm out of that old school where we're all friends. We all work together. And if I walk in the room, they res- respect me and I respect them. Right. And uh, so we they took me up a flight of stairs that I could have killed him over. And when we got to the top of right, that little room uh, where Tracy was meeting and greeting people, and they got to come up on a little small stage with him and, and have a picture made, and then he'd sign a picture and sign an autograph. So, a, long,
0: a long time ago, funny Tracy Lawrence story, a long time ago, Uh, before, like I said, during that time when I had no fans, didn't know anybody in the music business, I went to Tracy Lawrence's concert and I was one of those people that got to meet and greet because I knew the guy, uh, that, that booked him. So I got to meet and greet him. I took a picture with him. I handed him my first CD, right? Yeah. And I, he took that and I didn't think he was really going to listen or do much uh, with it, but he apparently, he didn't tell me anything. But the booking guy that I know, he said that he went on his bus and listened to it and got back off the bus and said, tell that kid he's good. So that guy told me that years ago. And then Tracy Lawrence started his own record label years later. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he still has that or not. I think he does. But at that time, when he did that, I was like, oh, I got to, i want to get on this label, but never happened. Never came to fruition. Didn't really try that hard to get on it, but. Thought I had an end there, you know, but
1: well, your music was a little bit different from what his. He liked what he heard out of you and your voice.
0: Yeah, that's what it is.
1: Yeah, it what
0: it didn't fit his genre. Yeah, country music status thing. I don't really fit in. I'm not. I'm an out of the box guy. Like you can't really box me in, and I'm fine it's a with place that. Place
1: to be. That's what got me so many sessions myself. Is because I always tried to to give them something different, just like set them up, Joe. But anyway, what I was going to tell you about Tracy, when I walked in, sat down in the room, had my hat on, kept it pulled down for a minute, I want to see what he's up to. And all of a sudden, he happened to look over there and he saw me. He said, Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. He said, But I've got to do something right here. Stepped off the stage and came over to where I was sitting and helped me up because he knows my own knees are bad and hugged me and kissed me right here on the corner of the mouth. And he said, Man, he said, I haven't seen you in too long. You know, I played, uh, when he got married, I, uh, my gift to him was uh, I had a group called the Nashville Cats. That I started back in nineteen sixty. Legends. So we, uh, I got the cats together, and uh, by this time it was not the Nashville Cats; it was the Tennessee Fat Cats, and we did his uh, wedding for him as a present. And, and that's something. Oh, we played his deal for him real good, yeah, and didn't he make him get up to sing? Mm. Did it all for him.
0: I wish I could have been there.
1: Well, you, you just come from there. I you, told
0: you. You know. You know, I was at you. You got your big poster here on your wall, and and you went to you got inducted into the Hall of Fame in what was that? Or was it the Governors? Or what was this that happened here? I forgot.
1: Uh, that right there, T.G. Shepard and his wife and buddy Hyatt decided that they wanted me to see some of the flowers instead after I was gone and couldn't see them. So they put together a, a, a thank you Jim Vest Day at the uh, Third and Linsley and packed the house.
0: Yeah, I was one of them. I, just because I was in there, it was packed.
1: Well, yeah, uh, it, it it was fun. They had uh, uh, Brent Mason on, you know, top players. Every one of them come mm-hmm. and did the show for nothing. Yeah. And even when he, Buddy said, "I'm gonna pay for everybody's cartridge, I think they all took the cartridge money except Brent Mason. He said, "No, I come for Jim all the way."
0: Well, he's so rich it don't really matter anyway. You know what I mean? That man. Yeah, makes but that he money. is
1: so good-hearted. I've seen him give guitars to people that couldn't afford them.
0: He's a he's I think the number one guitarist. Guitar player in Nashville, ain't he?
1: It's who I use on all of my stuff.
0: Yeah. So I I don't know if you remember or not, but I was there. I signed your your book your your note there. I don't even know if you remember me being there.
1: Oh yeah, because we've talked about it before.
0: Oh, did we? Yeah, yeah. And I don't see my name. Did you you erased it? Didn't you?
1: I don't think you can erase. Work. You
0: rubbed my name off.
1: It might have some of that uh, white, white, white out. White out, maybe. <laughs> now, if you signed it, it's on there.
0: <laughs> uh, talk to me about. How this was crazy because this is a band I grew up with. And when you told me this story, it enamored me and my children because we, I grew up listening to this band and my children now love this band, Chicago. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So
1: Chicago Chicago uh, reached out to you or? Well, the story is straight from the horse's mouth is that my two girl singers, Sandy Rucker and uh, Diane Cheryl went to see their show. And you know how two girls can get places nobody else can, so they wound up in the background. Yeah, how do they do that? Uh, I guess they just strutted back there and said, we belong, and but it worked. <laughs> and they got to talking to the guys and told them, said, you know, we're part of a band here called the Nashville Cats. And, oh, we've heard of that group. So we're playing over here in Prender's Alley, and we're going to start, like, at 9 o'clock. Well, their show was sort of early, I think, you know, till 8, 7 to 8.30 or something like that, whatever it was, they came. And when they sat there and listened to a set or two, uh, Diane said, the boys are wanting to meet you and talk to you. I said, okay. So I'll come around to the table, you know, and sit down and talk to them for a minute. And they proceeded to tell me, said, look, our guitar player, which is absolutely a fabulous guitar player, was trying to learn how to play steel and it's squeaking and squawking and just killing them, you know, never dreamed it could be that, that cool and that wonderful hearing you play off stage. Would you consider like coming on the road? And I said, well, I, I had 10 years on the road and, uh, reason I formed this band is to stay home and do sessions and I said that's what I'm doing right now I don't think I would they stayed an extra night and come back and talk to me again was willing to make me an equal partner as far as I can remember and uh but I I, you know a bunch of great guys and uh there ain't no doubt about it I'd have probably had 10 times the money I've got now 20 times if I'd have just went with it,
0: but hundred percent you would. Yeah. But you just never know what God's got planned, though. You you can't go, you can't cry over spilled milk.
1: You know my thoughts, and I can remember right now exactly what was going through my mind. They're going to love this for a while, and they may have loved it for twenty years. But I was afraid that they'd get tired of a steel guitar in their music, and uh, inside of a year or something, I'd be trying to start over again. At that time, I was already doing sessions for Billy Sherrill, the biggest producer in town and i was doing the things that got me all these records and i had the best band in town and i hated to walk away from that even billy Sherrill offered me a situation where he said i want you to be an artist and i turned that down i told him i'm too fast and why would you turn yeah you turned it down cuz you that's what i were self-conscious. told him what i turned it down for was the same reason i was where i wanted to be i was you were scared, I think. You were scared to leave that, turn that, loose. that honey hole. I couldn't turn loose of those great sessions. And at that time, a uh, session only paid $200 three hours. Yeah, But Billy made me leader on everything, which doubled my money. Which how was how much back then? $400 every three hours. And you were just doing back-to-back sessions? Sometimes I'd do three or four a week, maybe two a day, and then go to the club and play. And then on the weekends, I would go do cash things. Uh, where they'd give me fifty, seventy-five dollars, and I'd make that in fifteen, twenty minutes. I thought you were
0: talking about Johnny Cash things.
1: You know, Johnny and I were we're, were friends. We were never big buddies, but uh, uh, I like John. He, you know, he's here in Hendersonville, not that far from me.
0: He's the biggest country singer of all time. Unique singer, yeah. He's the biggest. Like if you here's why I say that. Maybe not to you because you're in the mix, but if you go outside oh, of yeah. country music. If you ask anybody in the world who, like, name a country's music singer, they're going to say Johnny Cash. He had a movie, which was one of the best movies, award-winning movie.
1: Yeah.
0: He had, and he people wear his T-shirts of him flipping flipping the camera off.
1: Oh, I've seen the picture. Yeah,
0: they wear the T-shirts even if they don't even listen to Johnny Cash.
1: I got a patch jacket with with his, uh, two of his patches on my jacket.
0: That's my point. Yeah. He yeah. is the biggest artist. He has transcended. Biggest
1: artist, you're absolutely right. Right.
0: I'm not saying the best. He's the biggest, the biggest name in country music ever. I don't think anybody will ever trump him because of the legacy that was left, because of all that he had his own TV show. He did the, the, the he went to Israel and did that whole deal. You know, there was a lot of things that Johnny Cash did. And he lived right down the road from you on a lake.
1: Well, he sure did.
0: And you used to take your boat by there and get him to wave at the people on the boat, didn't you?
1: I sure did. The FOP Lodge had a, a little spot up there, uh, where the uh, Boy Scouts are at, on the lake, and uh, I had a 36-foot boat with a flybridge, and I'd go up there and I'd get 20 boys at a time. Ed, usually about three trips would do it, and I'd call Johnny the day before, and I'd say, Brother, I'm I'm coming down your way, and if I toot the horn, it'd really be lovely if you'd step out on your terrace there and wave at us, and uh, he never failed. When I tooted that little horn on that damn boat and circled around for a minute, he come from wherever he was at in that big house to, and uh, opened the door, stepped out on the terrace, and waved at those guys until we left.
0: He and, was a special man, huh?
1: Oh, he was. He was a great guy. You know.
0: He seemed like he was a great guy, and I always wondered if he actually said the one of the iconic lines from that movie was uh, they he always dressed in black, you know, and then in the in one of the final scenes where he's at Folsom prison. And he's dressed in black, and well, it's actually the scene before that where he's in the record label studio, and um, they say, why are you always dressing in black? It looks like you're going to a funeral, and he said, maybe I am.
1: Well, I can remember back in early 62 and We I, I started with Pee Wee King and the Golden West Cowboys back in 1962, and we did a show every year there in Louisville at the at the Coliseum thing, and... This one year, Johnny was uh, like headlining the thing. Bless his heart. He was so thin, so thin. But, you know, them old boys would get uh, get a little bit rowdy, and they'd, they'd paint a hotel room or a motel room, wherever there's that. They'd go get them two or three buckets of black paint, paint the whole room, windows, and everything black.
0: And, you know, he got started in Memphis. Yeah. Where I'm yeah, from. Yeah,
1: Sun Records. Mm-hmm.
0: Him, Sun Elvis, Jerry Lewis, and Carl Perkins. B.B. King never met bb i'd love to met him i met bb he's one of the greatest humans i ever met i could tell you a story about him real quick do it he was on i went to see his show he was on the stage this was in his older years he was so he was couldn't walk real well and he was in a he was in a chair in the middle of the stage and he was playing and all the house lights were down like they do with concerts and he immediately says turn the house lights up i can't see my people Right. And they turn them up a little bit. And then he says, turn them up more. I can't see my people. And he turned them all the way on. He played the whole show with the house lights all the way on. And so he's seen everybody. And I was on the front row and he was playing and playing and playing. And uh, he in the middle of Thrill is Gone. You remember that song? I do. Yeah. In the middle of that, he stops because I'm over there just, you know, just, just 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 vibing. And he stops and he goes, he goes, everybody calm down. Everybody just calm down. Hold on. Hold on a second like that, you know. And everybody in the audience is like, what in the world happened? It's somebody missing a note? And he looks at me, looks dead at me for some, whatever reason. And he says, as long as that man right there is having a good time, so am I. thrill is gone away. And I was like, son of a gun. And there's more to that story, but I'll save it for later. Because uh, um, I want to ask more about you before we have to cut this off yeah. and get the next guest. But... Tell me about uh we mentioned you mentioned your playing in the bars and that was your Nashville cats and that was kind of y'all scene. You know what I mean? Playing downtown. Right. Printers Alley was a big place for you. It was. So I want you to I want you to come closer to the microphone and I want you to tell me about and be honest, let this be candid. Tell me about Hank Williams Jr.
1: Well, Hank used to come see me uh Seemed like I saw him about every week. And he'd come by, and and a lot of times he'd stay like I I got through, like at 2 o'clock in the morning. And then we'd go out in whatever limousine or whatever he had, and we'd roar till sometimes daylight together. But Hank was a good friend. And then later on, when they did the movie about Hank falling off that mountain, uh, the cast uh, people uh, asked if I would do it, and I said, yeah. And I was in the, the that movie. Uh, with some ladies. Oh, Lord, yeah. They, but I don't know if we could talk about that. <laughs> we could talk about anything on here. Well, the thing about it is. is we, ain't, they, this is a this is a no holds barred place. Well, in this one scene, they had this lady with a beautiful, and she had blonde hair all the way down to her butt. And they had that all gathered up inside of a cowboy hat, and she's laying with her head almost off the end of the bed. Mm-hmm. And now, for some reason, they needed me uh, sitting up like this against the headboard. And she's laying there with her legs spread open and just a little bit of cover across the top of her butt. Well, needless to say, those were really sheer, thin panties. Mm. And I'm having to sit there and watch them say, oh, something happened. Let's take that again. And then I caught myself trying to say that one time, whoops, we need one more. <laughs> but anyway, you know, Hank comes by and says, there's my hat, and grabs her hat, and her hair falls down the side of the bed, and he goes off in the other room, and that's the shot they was trying to get. But I don't think I'll – that's been a few years back, 20 or 30, and I still had not forgot it. <laughs> yeah, you still dream about it every night, don't you? Well, not every night, but <laughs> most every night, yeah.
0: <laughs> when you can remember it. Now I wanted to say something else, uh, which was shocking to me when you told me about it. Um, Hulk Hogan sat right here in this office.
1: No, he did not. He had all of our talk was on the phone. Oh, was it? His daughter uh, was trying to get a deal, and uh, he called me and asked me if I would help. And I said, "Yeah." I said, "But I'm not going to do this for nothing." I said, "I know most everybody in town, and I'm respected." Oh, yeah. He said, "I've done checked you out. I, I I know people that know you now." Right. And uh, so I asked him for a certain amount per week, and he said, "Well, he's going through." A- Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep that
0: talking. Is- I think that's uh, I think it's our one of our guests walking in.
1: Well, that's our burglar alarm letting us know. That we have <laughs> yeah, more guests wanting to talk.
0: <laughs> Go ahead. This Jim Vest office is very very secure. Yes,
1: it is. We have guard dogs. Just finish your story.
0: About uh, well, you were you were saying you were. He said that he knew everybody you knew.
1: Well, no, he knew somebody that I knew that give him the recommendation about Jim Vest and who I know and how long I've been in the business. And he's wanting me to work with his daughter. Right, but he didn't want to pay me nothing for my time. And I have I asked him straight up. I said, "Hulk, how many times do you go wrestle somebody and then tell them you know there's just no charge? Especially this could take months of every day or so." Lunches, gasoline, my time. And I said, you know, if you if you want me to get out there and hit the pavement for you, I'd be glad to do that. I met her, I went and watched her sing. Great singer. But he was telling me about how he's going through all this shit with a, uh, a couple of million dollars all up in there about a court case, you know, and he just couldn't afford to pay nothing right now and this that and other. You go do it and we'll make it right with you. But I, you know, if you've been in this business as long as I have and as long as I've dealt with people you know how to keep yourself out of trouble yeah and you don't need to be on the short end of the stick asking for something that you're not going to get and you know what's funny is uh, a lot of times even even in my
0: life people will will ask you to do things in music they they expect it to be free and it it could be a myriad of things right it could be any show and there's always a reason why you should do it for free because it's all there's always a good cause right and, and you can't—I I believe in doing some charity work, but if you do every charity event that comes across your, your email, you will be broke. you have have to work a factory
1: job and do music on the side. Well, of course, I, like I said, I had one of the best groups in town, and out of uh, 15 or 16 years, I'd look back on my books, and we were out of work two weeks in that long a time. And, uh, and I paid my men good. Day. I wouldn't allow a tip jar on my bandstand. No, never was. I remember you saying that that's very unique of you. Uh, it's just I wasn't raised that way. I was raised by the great in, in this industry, starting with Pee Wee King and Bob Wills. Worked opposite of Bob Wills. There's no way that would work today because they're not paying properly. Well, that's the big thing. They're not paying properly, and they found out that everybody wants to Wants to be seen, and they putting that out there. You know, I'll give you $30 a night. I paid $100, 120 bucks a night to my men. Plus, they got so many sessions, with things that I produced. and uh, But I never turned down the things that I knew were legit. Right. Every cerebral palsy, every crusade for children, you name it, we did it. We've got another one coming up here, I think, on the 21st or the 22nd for a great steel guitar player. That, uh, that worked with Waylon and, and Willie and Cash and all them, and his name is Robbie Turner. Robbie had a little accident that put him in the hospital, and he's doing better. I've been to see him a couple of times, and we talk. But on the 21st or 22nd of February, we're going to have a, a nice big benefit for him, and I think Chris Stapleton will be there working hey. for nothing. Jamie ja- Johnson probably there for nothing. I think that Vince Gill might stop. Well, it's not hard to come in and do something
0: for nothing when you're a legend already. When you're already making a bunch of money, but
1: when you we talk about, we're to, I'm talking about lower time artists I'm that are talking, trying to make a living. I'm talking about my men, you know, working to make a living, and but we still had, to, we still took the time. Yeah, but y'all it. already made the money. Y'all were making good money.
0: Oh yes, we did. That's paid, my point. I paid excellent money for. When you're business. making good money, you yeah. can do things for free every now and then. Easier than if you're making a little bit of money and you have to survive off of what you get coming in. Every my point was every show that comes across is a charity show nowadays. Almost every one, except for this. You know, I do private shows. Not every one, but I'm saying a majority of the emails that you that my manager gets is a charity benefit. I mean, you're talking. We're talking hundreds and 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 two hundred of them a year.
1: People you don't know.
0: You have no clue who these people are, and it's all. It's every time it's a new case. I'm just saying. Yeah. If it's a, if it's a, they're, they're all worthy causes. I'm not saying they're not.
1: But people yeah. have to eat. My family has to eat. We we stayed with the people that was in our business. If the the old saying, if the ox is in the damn ditch, get in the ditch and help the ox out.
0: That's not an old saying. That's from the Bible, brother.
1: Well, uh, That's what we lived in that's what this our country music lived that way believed it. Let's talk about
0: what you got going on now to end the interview. so you have a record label
1: Yes, a vest music group and uh, a new publishing company in that name and a new record label. I got a young boy uh, 16 years old and a, well he's 18 now and, and a girl 16. What's his name? His name is uh,
0: Hunter Hunter Morris and what's her name?
1: Lexi. Okay. Lexi Jordan. And you have uh, an album coming out? I've got a new album coming out, and uh, we're in the process of trying to get the last three or four songs cut and me singing them. You know? I can't wait to hear I it. I waited till I was 75 to do an album. and uh, But anyway, I'm leaving everything behind from my family uh, from movies on through, but they have nothing with me really singing. Right. And I've sang ever since I was... Seventeen years old, Well, I hope that uh, I get to we get to put the song that you and I are writing together on there. Uh, you're also writing a book now. Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, Monday, uh, my, my fellow should be back in with a bunch of it typed. I've been talking into a little tape handheld hand tape player now for four or five weeks, and he's way behind on the type, and i I told him take off last Monday and, and start getting all this typed up. I'm anxious to see in writing. And then I finally got out two or three things of pictures and showed him pictures of me and Waylon Jennings back in 1962. Neither one of us had a beard. Both of us had cold black hair. and uh, So both of y'all were women at that time then? Pretty because well. You didn't have a beard. Oh, no beard at all. No, no. no. <laughs> all right.
0: So, uh, and also, the last thing I wanted to bring up was uh, the fact that you are
1: going to, when you get the album done, you're going to go to the Opry. Well, uh, I have a friend that's... Um, a big time DJ and her name is Devin O'Day and she was nice enough for me to come on and she leaned over and she said, when are you coming back? And I said, well, as soon as I get something else to talk about, she said, no, by yourself. And, uh, when I first walked in with my boy, you know, she started right off the bat playing things that I wrote and I'm thinking, you know, I really appreciate what she's doing here and I love her for it, but th- this is a uh, one chance for this kid to be heard or, you know, damn near worldwide. Right. But she got over on him, did a great job. And so I called her and I went back. And this time when I went back, we were playing all the things that I'd played on, the things that I wrote, things out of my publishing company. And once again, when we got through after a whole hour, she said, Jim, I get more calls uh, when I have you on the show than I do some of the biggest artists. She said, there's so many people out there that you've touched and you know. And it's like you, you know, most all of them. Undoubtedly, I said something to them they remember. Because they on Facebook or what, they say, you did my record back in 70-something, 80-something, or whatever. And I remember what you told me. I told one old boy, I said, you don't sing that good. But I said, the good thing is you're not that good looking. <laughs> and he turned into one of my very best friends, and I've cut a couple more things on him <laughs> since then. The good thing is he's not that good looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he, he just knew I was really going to come up with something good <laughs> on that second comment, you know.
0: To To end it, I just want to say, First off, that when you get your book finished, I want you to please do an audible book of it and just have you reading it.
1: You know, did we speak of this? No. The first thing that my boy told me over the phone this past week, he said, "Jim, he said I'm listening to the, what you put on this tape player," and he said, "There's something about you talking. He said you've got a broke It's country. You don't talk proper. You don't talk right. But he said you deliver your stories. They're so interesting when." He said, I'm, I know they're going to be wonderful in type, you know, just like I sit on Air Force One and call my mama on the 4th of mm-hmm. July right, to wish her happy birthday. And so uh, immediately when we get the book done, I'm supposed to have instructions to sit down with the book and read the book and do an audio book. I love it. Did you have in there how you met Abraham Lincoln? No, that was a, that's a long story from way back. <laughs> As you old, you old. I know it. I' was yeah. about ten or eleven when I met him,
0: so we're going we're gonna end every episode with uh, an unbelievable fact, and yes. we're gonna see how the guest feels about it. You ready for the unbelievable fact? I am Daddy long leg spiders have penises, which technically makes them not a spider. How's that make you feel about a daddy long leg crawling on you with his his penis dragging you? You fit if it's arm.
1: bigger than mine, I'm going to do something about it.
0: Well, that gummy. I'm
1: going to squash it.
0: Squash it. Well, you're going to squash every one of them, ain't you? Every one of them. That gum. Well, that's the show. Thank you so much, Jim. We're going to end it right there. Thank you all for tuning in. Please uh, rate, subscribe, and download every episode to help us out. We appreciate Rhodes sending us this Roadcaster Pro. God bless all of you. What a beautiful mansion. He built you a well, splendor, Lord. You've got it. wall to wall, and yet, with all of that, I'm still not happy. Cause every time he's gone, I get your call, slide off of your satin sheet. Slipping to your off me You know where to find my door And I know what you're crying for uh, Thanks so much for listening and subscribing and downloading And whatever else you can do to this podcast, it's legal, people We appreciate every bit of it Share it with your friends, your family, your people you don't even know Strangers on the street, it doesn't matter Tell them about us the marty ray project's gonna chat with everybody we have some great guests coming up from vanilla ice to tg shepherd to cage fighters and wrestlers we're gonna chat with them all we'll have a new chat every week find jim vest on facebook and tell him you love him just for the heck of it i love y'all to death thanks again road for supplying the sound with the roadcaster pro